make, make yeah made that decision a good one. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep this positive here. Hey, you the know what? That, you don't have to just stay positive. Yeah. This well, is the where fact you that let it all out, you know. <laughs> well, uh, the director knew since the middle of September that there was a problem, and he didn't tell anybody. And um, I don't react well to being lied to. I just simply don't. And I have no idea why he did that. It does not matter. But I have learned, you know, we've been given a second chance. We're going to have to milk some of the scenes. I've added more depth to the characters and more scenes. Uh, we've got to replace Brian Boyle because he died. We would like to use his image in for the role of Samuel, who is only seen in pictures. And so I've been trying to have a conversation with his daughter, but our schedules were just crazy all this week. So hopefully next week we will work this through. But we've I've got some really good possibilities for the role of George. And I've added another character, uh, a male you know, who's the father of two of the, uh, the younger characters. And it's going to be absolutely amazing. We have a new director who is inspiring, but I was able to get most of the, the original cast. And they were totally amazing. And I'm so grateful that they have decided to hang in there with me and start this, you know, this next step. But things, you know, within three weeks, you know, so many things have fallen into place. So, you know, I am very grateful. I could have, you know, I could have been very negative and angry about it. And, you know, granted, when I found out, you know, a few things, I uh, I did did long strings of adult words and a couple (laughs) of friends. A couple of friends, you know, were nice enough to let me vent. But I choose to see it, see the benefits. And when you do that, doors open up. And I think so many of us, you know, are are seeing things in our life where we're just focusing on what we lost instead of, the opportunities for change, for growth, and for moving forward. So what do you think? Um, You know me. I am always going to look at the positive. mm -hmm. I'm somebody I completely trust the journey. So even when something like this happens, I have to trust the journey. Yeah. Because... Way too often, things get thrown at us. You know, I was just on uh, the writing of the book yesterday. I was interviewed by Lisa Bracken and this wonderful team of women. And I, they were talking to me about my, you know, stadium bags and safety bags and, you know, things that are going on and, you know, for me, I watched my entire life close in a day through this mm-hmm. pandemic, 
and 20 years of my work ended. And at this point, I'm resolved. I'm fine with it. I'm looking to sell this business. And then I was on a trip with somebody, and she's like, it's not time just yet. She said, I think something. So I was like, all right. You know, she's somebody I really respect, but I'm just open to where it's going to go. On the flip side, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I can't let myself, you know, beat myself. It took a pandemic. Yeah. To, you know, knock things off, but... You know, like there are things sometimes that are outside of your control and it is up to you how you deal with it. You know, one of my favorite quotes is from Henry Ford and it's whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Exactly. Because if you think you can, you're right. And if you think you can't, Okay, you're, you're right. right. Because you I, already knocked yourself off the path. Yeah. I believe uh, in turning impossible to into um possible. We and, have that here on the show page for you. Yeah. So um it was a choice and with me I've I've had major trust issues practically since the womb. And uh, yeah, when you when you choose to distrust, that's what you're gonna you're gonna draw in people who are untrustworthy. And when you know life basically, you know, it laid me down, you know, took me down to the ground and said, "What are you gonna do about it? You know, what's the lesson? Are you you know are you?" strong enough to get up and trust or are we going to knock you down again and since i've been tr- trusting the journey amazing things have happened and that doesn't mean that you know it's been all you know sunshine and roses and you know daffodils and uh, rainbows there are challenges but when you trust the journey and trust that you're capable of, of dealing with things, you're strong enough to do it. Right on. So I think that, you know, women, you know, we we get along so because we believe so much alike, but we're also willing to help others, and I think that is where the world is changing and moving towards and yeah, you know, away from the me me to the more the us because when we when every, when one wins everybody wins. And I sound like Pollyanna. And I sound like no, Pollyanna. That's not, that is not Pollyanna. That is not Pollyanna. You know, the universe has no limit on success. Yes. There's no limit. When you win we win. When we win, you win. It's part yes. of why Word of Mom Radio is here. So women can empower each other. So when we get knocked down, we know that we're not alone and that somebody is going to be there to
to give us that hand to help us up or applaud us when we get back up on our own and brush our knees off and and keep on going. You know, that's different. Yeah. One of the things that um, I've noticed about women, and it's sad to say, is that so many are fighting over scraps Mm. that they – they refuse to see that when we share our power and work together, nothing can stand in our way. And in the you know the film and film and television industry, you know I keep hearing these actresses complaining about the roles that they're being offered, and you know they're not you know offered the ones that they want, and the older they get, you know the le- the fewer the roles. Well, the thing of it is, there's plenty of roles. For, for you know, for women that are very diverse, it's just you have to put your weight behind them. Halle Berry just you know did a, a rant, and in a, but I reached out to her for never can say goodbye for the for the lead role, which is the romantic uh, role, and I got turned down. Her, she's got a, a, a profitability ranking that would have got us our funding, but she, you know, you she you know, actresses like her put us between the chicken and the egg. We can't get our funding without the talent, and the talent won't say yes without the funding. If she had said yes, never can say goodbye would be already in the can, and it would be something. Uh, you know, different for her, and you know, but she chose. You know, her and her people chose to say no. You know, so, very I, often people people forget where they started. Yeah, people forget that someone took a chance on them. Yeah, in that first role, in that first. Whatever they did, you know, I've been watching a lot of things about Sidney Poitier mm-hmm. because his death hit me very, very hard. For my entire life, I don't ever remember a time I didn't love that man since I was a little, little girl. My grandmother loved old movies. My mother shared wonderful, you know, wonderful entertained with me my whole life but Mm -hmm. they held him up as this man who made it all right for white people to let a black man come through the front door in my family they always came through the front door my mom was a singer you know we with black white pink green or purple it didn't matter in my home I never knew what that was to have people not accept you because of the color of your skin. I, I on the other hand, come from a a family of redneck bigots. And that would have happened in my house. Not because of me, but because of the family. And that's one of, you know, my acceptance of skin, you know, tones, is one of the reasons why I'm, I am the dark sheep. And because it, I still don't understand what the big friggin' hairy deal is about the color of a person's skin. Yeah, me either. 
humans come in all sizes, shapes, and colors. Yep. And you know, mm-hmm. it does not matter. It's it's yeah you know, yeah. Other than being uh, a minor plot point in a novel, the, you know, it, there's no relevance. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've been uh, watching clips from Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I love such that movie. Such a great movie. Such a great movie. And one of the things that makes it such a phenomenal movie is the fact that here this lifelong liberal that Spencer Tracy's character is gets confronted with mm-hmm. it. And I love how his friend, the Monsignor, they talk about the fact we're not Catholic, we're really not anything, but they were always really good friends, and how he's laughing at him. And he's like, yeah. you're not mad at them, you're not mad at Chris, you're not mad, you're mad at yourself. You're mad yeah. at yourself. He was like, somewhere I always knew, underneath that liberal, you know, skin, was this closeted bigot. And it was amazing as, to watch him realize that he was wrong. And here yeah. he had fought his whole life for, you know, and, and Catherine Hepburn's, you know, says it. Said, you know, it's like we raised her. Same thing Sidney Poitier says that to him. He's like, you made her. I just met her. Yeah. You know, and, and whereas the character of Joey, the daughter, Joanna, she sees no problem with it whatsoever because that was how she was raised. It was what she mm-hmm. was taught. And Catherine Hepburn's character is like, I'm so proud that this is who we raised. You know, yeah. we told her that there was no difference between, you know, black skin, brown skin, red skin, yellow skin. It didn't matter. And that people who felt that there were differences were ignorant and everything else. She said, but, you know, we never added, but just don't fall in love with a, you know, back then they used the term colored. You know, yeah. don't fall in love with a colored man. You know, we never threw that in there, you know. And Isabel Sanford plays the housekeeper. And, man, where she's up in his face, and I know what you are, you highfalutin' blah, 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 but calls him the N-word and <laughs> Where's Sidney Poitier, like, with his shirt in front of his face because he just doesn't even know what to do, that this woman is ripping him up one side and down the other. She's like, I raised that girl her whole life, and I'm going to be watching you. And she was, you know, it was such an amazing film all the way around, all the way around. And the parents, his parents coming, and the mother's, both standing by their children. Yes. Seeing the love between the two of them and the father seeing nothing but the problems. And I love that it is Mrs. Prentice when she says to Spencer Tracy, you know, when men, when the sexual desires end, you forget what it is to love to be so passionately in love. And that was the statement that he actually took umbrage with. 
being yeah. called an idiot, being called a bigot, the fact that the Monsignor told me if he was 10 years younger, he'd wrestle him to the ground. None of that bothered him. The fact that she said that, he was like, I may be burned out and everything else, but I remember. Yeah. And that passed <laughs> there. But that was what made him realize, oh, my God, they love each other. And let's face it, statistically, it is true. Interracial marriages have a very, very low rate of divorce. Well, they because have such you, a – Go ahead. They had to fight to keep them. Exactly. And fight you to have them. Fought to have it, fought, you know, family, friends, everything. I just watched the movie Loving. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. Oh, my gosh. It is the landmark case. The Lovings, these Robert and I forget what the wife's name is, white man, black woman, and they lived in Virginia, but they got married in, in D.C., went back to Virginia. It was illegal. I mean, there were states in this country that it was illegal. They were told yeah. if they came back, they'd go to jail, and they finally fought. They went to the Supreme Court. They wound up at the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court stood by the fact that no one should be barred from being married because of the color of their skin. Yeah. And these people, you know, it was amazing to me. And again, you know, as a woman, let's face it, as women, we know in a man's world we have to work twice as hard to be thought of as half as good. As good. But you know what? I'll never know what it is to walk into a room and have somebody hate me because of the pigmentation of my skin. Yeah. I and 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 I say it all the time. It's like I while I will never understand what you are going through with you I stand. Yeah. I absolutely stand by your side because no one should be thought less of because of the pigmentation of where their ancestors yep. were from. I mean, it's it's a remarkable thing to me. It really is. And, and it's a remarkable thing that we're in 2022 and people are still. I remember watching one of the rallies during 45's presidency oh and this woman screaming at these black people, I will teach my grandchildren to hate you, and blah, blah, blah. And you're just standing there like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Nobody is born prejudiced. you ever see that commercial? Yes. No, nobody where told they're born hating. No, when they're in the, the nursery at the hospital. And it's like, here it doesn't matter where your, what your neighbor's color is. And the next shot is the cemetery, and it's like, yep. and it doesn't matter here either. We need to stop the hate in between, you know? And that commercial really always resonated with me. Yeah. Because we have to. We have to find that way. It, you know, it's... All, uh, you know, the, the race and, you know, the racism and the bigotry and the misogyny are front and center 
because of 45. It was always there. Right. But it was hiding in the shadows because people were ashamed of it. He right. made the lunatic fringe feel that they're mainstream and empowered them, which is why you're getting temples uh, desecrated and, um, you know, all the you know the the violence and the bigotry. The fact is is that the nation and the world have moved moved past that type of behavior. Right. Except for a small percentage, and it's not just in the United States. You know, it's pretty much in every country in the world where you've got the the regressives as opposed to the progressives. Mhm. Who want to keep power? And the United States, you know, we keep, you know, we we take our, we keep our laundry out, you know, yeah. We keep our laundry out in the open, and that's where it needs to be. But we're, you know, which is why it's so evident. But, you know, what's going on with, you know, you talked about the Supreme Court knocking down the, the you know, the marriage laws. They did that for the LBGQ community. But it's become so politicized right. that neither one of those things would have happened these days. How frightening. You know what? I, I, I have to tell you, do you realize today that, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger were actually censured by the Republican National Committee who described the events surrounding the January 6th insurrection as a legitimate political discourse. They are claiming that these two lawmakers, I'm reading this now, were participating in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse. It's like, you have got to be kidding me. You've got 45 out there talking about if he gets reelected, pardoning these good people. Not for nothing, he could have pardoned them before he left office. He could uh, give yeah. a rat's ass about those yeah. people. But right now he thinks he can use them as a political tool. And the reality yeah. is most Americans do not agree with what happened on January 6th. Oh, great. Most Americans believe there should be this committee finding out what went on and people should go to jail. Oh, agreed. You know, the majority of Americans. It's remarkable to me, though, that our elected officials are touting this 45 line. I'm, I swear, I feel like it's Al Capone. He's got some black book. It's got everybody's name in it and whatnot. That's why Mitch McConnell is standing mm-hmm. by and saying this committee is important. Be, and they need to find out what happened because he knows he doesn't have anything on him. Although, let's face it, McConnell's the one that started it all when he became. Well, yeah. He, he started it when he decided that 
no matter what President Obama wanted to do, he was going to make sure he blocked it. So he began this train wreck that led to 45, and he knows it. He knows what he, and, and in his own warped way, I feel like he's trying to rectify the situation. But it just, you know, for me, on a, on a, a visceral level, the fact that, I mean, we talked about this before, the fact that Benghazi, 14 Heroes, and Jim Jordan was leading that parade. Yeah, finding out and getting to the bottom of it, and now here it is because Jordan knows his name's in that book. Oh, he was yeah. one of the people that signed that. I don't understand. Explain it. Bette Midler put out a tweet today, and she said, "Explain it to me like I'm five. How Al Franken had to resign as a senator because of a picture taken 25 years before he was in office." But people who actually signed a document saying that they didn't support President Biden's election are still in office. How are these people still in office being paid by our tax dollars? Well, the thing of it is, do getting justice and doing it right, the, you know, because you, there's no do-over. Um, uh, double jeopardy, you know, goes into play, and if you don't do it right, it blows up in your face. And if, you know, something like this, if it blows up, it empowers them and it will only get worse. You know, it's not like a TV, you know, a cop TV series where you get the crime, you get the investigation, and you get um, the trial all in one hour. It takes time to do it right. And the fact that, you know, you know, the talking heads need, you know, want to know what's going on and they think, you know, they're thinking that they know everything. The DOJ and the FBI are doing it right. They're keeping it to themselves. And I rather suspect very, in the very near future, they're going to, you know, they're going to be dropping down not only subpoenas, but arrest warrants because they have the information they need. And people like Jim Jordan, uh, they already know that they, they uh, he talked to Trump that morning. You know, he can deny it, but you oh, know, the, yeah. the DOJ and the committee already knows that he talked to, you know, they talked. They've got, you know, there are enough people talking and they've got enough physical evidence that, you know, his, you know, he will at least be uh, called in front of the committee, but I, I'm fairly certain that the DOJ will be uh, hauling his, his ass before the grand jury. You know what, uh, and here's the thing. I think that they should all go to jail if they refuse. Not for nothing. Oh, what was yeah. her name who went to jail for 18 months because she mm-hmm. refused to testify against yeah. Clinton in the Whitewater yeah. scandal? They put that woman in jail for the maximum amount of time they were allowed to. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Every one of the Republicans who led that charge on, during Benghazi and all of those hearings 
And now mm-hmm. they're the ones, oh, this is ridiculous. This is the Democrats going after, you know, our, our you know, good citizens out there. Say well, you notice peaceful protest. You know, you I'm notice that Republicans accuse others what they are, they themselves Absolutely. are guilty of doing. Thousand percent. And so one of the things I watch Rachel Maddow a lot. Um, I love her show. She's totally amazing. But she's been following up on the electors, the you know the false yeah, the the false electors a lot. Mm-hmm. And this not only are the individual states most of them, but it's going up the chain of command and the DOJ is looking at following the evidence. And one of the states was Michigan, and our Democratic Attorney General has already started proceedings. There, I, I forget what state out west. The Attorney General is a Republican that is planning to run for governor. He tried shuffling it under the rug and totally ignoring um, that there was two set of electors who, you know, false electors that submitted paperwork. He was trying to ignore both of them, and he got caught. Try, okay. You know, trying to, you know, just, you know, ignore it. So, but no, though that's happening. There was then there, you know, the Republicans are talking about all these falsified, you know, fake uh, votes. But the only ones who have been found guilty were Republicans voting for Trump. Isn't it crazy? It's so it's so insane to me that you know that that whole little consortium down in Florida and stuff. I mean, it's 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 so remarkable, and you know that that intelligent people. You know, mm-hmm. intelligent people that I know. Well, it's hard for me to believe that Biden got 81, you know, million votes. I'm like, why is it hard for you to believe? For how long did he and Kamala Harris campaign saying, get your vote in early, be mm-hmm. safe, mail in your vote and everything else, and 45, all those months, don't mail in your ballot. Make sure you go to the polls that day because he really thought he would be able to get all of the mail-in ballots and everything thrown out. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just, it's the things like this. It's just, and it just goes to show why when you elect someone for president, they should actually know how the legislative and judiciary branches of the government work. Yes. Now, do I think election laws should be reformed? I actually do. I actually yes. think, I don't think each state should have their own laws. And I understand constitutionally why they did it, blah, blah, blah. They also did it at a time where the only people who were voting were white men. Exactly. That's it. We are at a point now that, that this should, you know, Early voting should start here and end, you know, at your ballot has to be mailed in, stamped by 1159 on Election Day. 
And well, no also, election, you know, let's face it, when Bush and Gore was 11 days before yeah. we knew who was president, nobody yeah. was screaming about the election being rigged. And if anybody could have, uh, Al Gore lost by less than 600 votes in the state where the president's brother was the governor. Yeah. And did he whine and cry? No, he conceded. That was it. The Supreme Court did the votes. It was done. And Al Gore all these years hasn't, you know, yeah, but I really want. No. This is the first time ever there hasn't been a peaceful transfer of power because you have somebody in there that never lost in his life, even though he's lost every time. Nobody ever let that man lose. Um, well, his daddy, you know, covered up uh, most of his, you know, daddy his shortcomings. The banks have covered it up. Everyone has covered it up. Yeah. How many bankruptcies well, this man has? All of it. Yeah. Well, the thing of it is, Al Gore is an adult, yeah. as opposed to, you know, the out of control toddler. But also, when the founding fa- fathers, you know, and the election process was developed, it took months to you know to get a letter right you know because you know think of pony express these days you know even with that idiot uh you know uh, that trump put in you know if you know the mail moves rather quickly and with electronics it moves even faster It's, it's nearly immediate so you know we need to you know technology has moved forward and so the election process has to keep up. You know, there are states in this country that 90% of their voters vote by mail. Yeah. There's never been an issue with it. There's yeah. never been a problem with it. We were in the midst of a pandemic. I myself chose to go on election day. And I will never forget, because I always go first thing in the morning, as soon as Mm -hmm. the polls open. I sat in my car because the line of people voting was, I I can't even tell you, and I sat there in my car with my cup of tea. I actually did a Facebook Live, and I was crying because it made me so happy that this past election, more people voted in this election than ever before and I hope it just continues to happen that way all I can really hope is that the youth vote gets out because sooner or later the 18 to 25 year olds are going to realize that they control the world they're the largest demographic and they can elect anybody yeah you know it's just it's 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 amazing to me. It's you know I, I it the good thing that I'm seeing right now in in what I've been reading and what I've been listening to is that the opponents of 45 backed candidates are out raising those candidates four and five times over. Yep. I think, you know, I don't think, I know everybody's biggest fear is that we're going to lose the Senate, that it's too close, we're going to lose the Senate, so many people are retiring. 
this is where the blue wave has to happen. The blue well, the wave thing of it is about has to happen now. The um the uh the build back better, the first um with the infrastructure, that started that money starting to come out. And um, right. Republicans who the Republicans who voted against it are now claiming credit for it. You mean every Republican who voted against it? Because every one of them did, including Mitt Romney. Yep. Yeah, and they are trying to claim credit. And you know what? People know they're lying. Well, those are the they're, they are creating the ads that will torpedo them. Uh, I, as a producer um, and writer, I'm going to be creating ads to get rid of our representative. And, you know, they're already in my head, you know, basically, you know, he voted against this, uh, show, you know, the Michigan bridges that are crumbling and the roads and basically tie him to the fact that he voted against it. And he also voted against all the jobs that these, you know, you know, yeah, the construction would, would bring. But he also voted against, uh, you know, controlling uh, drug prices. You know, the, the Build Back Better would keep, you know, the maximum for insulin, what was it, 35 or $45 instead of hundreds for one month? Do you month? know the story behind, do you know the person who patented insulin sold it for a dollar? So yeah. they could make sure that everyone could afford their insulin. Mm-hmm. And the Republicans have to, and you know, you ha- I hate to keep pointing my fingers, but they are the ones that just took all of the limits off of everybody. Let these drug companies do what they want. Let the insurance companies do what they want. It's insanity to me. The yeah. fact that the the CEO that with the EpiPens that literally went from nineteen dollars to a hundred and ninety dollars in a day, yep. yeah, and then gave themselves like a seven million dollar a year raise. Yep. It's like what is you know? I'll never understand things like this. These are the things well, that you just look and it's like. This is the United States of America, and why don't we have health care for everybody? I don't understand it's it. Called you know, we, it's called greed. It's insanity. It's greed. Yeah. It really is insanity, and the, his, the history has shown us that our country thrives when the top percent is paying the largest share. You know, it's exactly. so funny. We talk about multi-level marketing companies and a pyramid scheme. You know where there's a pyramid scheme? Look at what is going on in the business world right now. Yeah. Look at a company like Amazon where the people doing all the work on the bottom are making the least amount of money mm-hmm. and the people at the top of that pyramid, you know, back when we were growing up, whoever ran the CEO of a company made about 30 times more than what the lowest paid employee made. Now they're making and now it's three about three thousand hundred times. You know Oh, I heard 
I heard it was more like five hundred. Uh, excuse me, three thousand percent more. Oh my gosh! Than... That's, you know, how insane is that? How you it's know when you insane. think about it, it it's it's just it's so wrong on so many levels that you just don't even know what to do. Although now with Biden as president, salaries keep going up. I just drove to Oklahoma. I, I just got back. I, I drove to Pennsylvania on Thursday, had meetings Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then we drove Saturday night, Sunday, and Monday to Oklahoma. And Tuesday, I was back on a plane flying back to uh, Pennsylvania and then woke was in my car at 4 a.m. on Wednesday morning to drive back to Connecticut so I could go watch my granddaughter because I hadn't seen her in two weeks. But all along the way, there were the help wanted signs and salary, you know, starting at fifteen fifty an hour, sixteen fifty an hour, blah, blah, blah. You know how wonderful that was to see? Yeah. It, you know, I mean, I, I, we drove through Pennsylvania, you know, what, Missouri, you know, Ohio, la, da, 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 da. It was so awesome to see that these were what the starting wages were. You know, I've always been a Trader Joe's shopper and an Aldi shopper for years. Mm-hmm. I started shopping at Trader Joe's in 1996. And even back then, you know, when you would look at their help wanted or Aldi's, they were starting at $13.50, $14 an hour when everything else was starting at eight. You know, yeah. people at Walmart were getting paid eight dollars. And people <laughs> say, Yeah, but they give you less hours and this and that and blah blah blah. So they work around it a different way. And it's like, you know what? As you continue working for them, they increase your hours. Yeah. And stuff. You know, but they started at a decent you know, let's face it, when we were growing up most people's households, dad worked 40 hours a week, mom was home, mm-hmm. and people owned a house because the house was $5,000. That same yeah. house that was $5,000 40 years ago, it's the same house, but now it's selling for, you know, 750000 yeah. You know, I, yeah. I remember my uncle, my uncle and my aunt who now they retired this was 25, 26 years ago. They had bought their house in Crestwood. And, I mean, it was beautiful. It had almost an acre of land. They bought that house for $4,500. Yeah. And when they retired and sold that house, they sold that house for just under 400000 And you're talking, it was walking distance to the train station, 30 minutes from Manhattan, you know, location, location, location. Mm-hmm. But you can be sure my in-laws, when they bought their house in Pleasantville, they spent $30,000 in 1962. That was a lot of money. Oh, yeah. On a house in 1962. But I'm talking it was a gigantic house on a little tiny cul-de-sac with one other house on the street. They had three, almost almost a full acre of land, but it was sectioned in three levels 
So they had the badminton court up top, croquet on the second level, and then the bottom level is where they had, like, the swing set for the kids and the dog lead. They sold that house for a million dollars. Yeah. Or just under, nine-nine-something. I went to college in the early 1980s, and I worked a minimum wage job and I, I, I could, you know, I could go to college and, you know, you know, share a department, and I made it. Right. These days, y- you can't do that. I mean, you simply can't do that. And you know, I had, I had a few grants and loans, and uh, you know, Pell grants that covered, you know, pretty much the tuition. I, I think uh, a credit hour was like fifty bucks back then. Right. Um, I hate to imagine what it is now. Last time I heard it was like three hundred. Well, you for know credit what? Hour. I'll tell you this: my children's father, he, he and his brothers and sisters, they all got their degrees through the SUNY system, the state uh, universities in New York, from mm-hmm. one end to the other. Two lawyers, an aeronautic engineer, a nuclear engineer, a teacher, and my children's dad was the tree surgeon. When our son went to preschool, his preschool tuition was more than my husband's year at college. Our son's preschool, half day. Yeah. Not even a full day. Half day was more than almost double what Daniel paid at a state school. Now, back then... It was about $1,500 a semester, you know, to go to, and that was living in. Yeah. It insults my intelligence that a state school is now eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars $19,000 a semester. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. I think our president has it right. Community colleges for families that are making under a quarter of a million dollars should be free. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. Even if it is free, not everybody's going to go to college. Because uh, not know, everybody you know, wants to go to college. Whether it be community college or trade school. Let me tell you something. The, you look at salaries of trade schools, electricians, plumbers. These guys make $35, $45, $50 an hour. You know, yeah. having a degree doesn't guarantee that you're going to make a great salary. Going to a trade school and actually learning a real trade, mechanics, you know. I oh, mean, yeah. Things like that, um, you know. I mean, not everyone is cut out for college, and that's okay. It is. Um, the thing of it is, what I don't understand is, is the people who are supporting the Republicans are against that. I know. Even though it would help them get better jobs. Thank you. It would act. You know, and I it would prepare say, them for the jobs of the present and the future. I mean, even ditch diggers. You know, you and I are of the age where you know that was the most unskilled. You know, you could be a lazy bum um, with an IQ of ten and get a job as a ditch digger. These days, ditches are dug by equipment that have right. computers. And, you know, you know, we're not talking. You know, shovels, you know, don't work anymore. And right. 
they you know it's multi-million dollar pieces of equipment with computers there's this um there were um 45 was complaining about how canada was stealing our you know our lumber business and that's why lumbermen were losing their jobs no that's Mm. not why there is this piece of equipment that would has replaced an entire crew and does it in such a speed that you know it's slam bam thank you ma'am but it not only this you know one guy with this piece of equipment cuts the tree down it strips all the bark and the branches off cuts it into sections and then another piece of equipment picks up those pieces and puts them on the tr- on the the truck. Wow! So two guys, as a, as opposed to an entire team, and that's why, you know, there aren't the lumber jobs. And you believe know, you is... me, you know, you know, they have more than a high school education when to right. run these pieces of equipment. You know, but this is where this is the good and the bad of technology. This is yeah. why. I don't care how long the line is. I will not use self-checkout. Oh, me either. I refuse. And I'll have to, oh, we'll walk you through it. It's like, I don't need you to walk me through it. I'm buying this. I'm not checking it out myself. So I'll wait online, and you can do this for me. Yeah. You know? I don't I'm work for sorry. free. <laughs> you know? I don't no. work for free. You know what? I don't want to see their jobs gone. Yeah. Where we now walk into a store and there is nobody there. You yeah. have to use self-checkout. I refuse yeah. to do that. Um, I, I, I a thousand percent refuse. And like I said, I don't care if there's 10 people in front of me. Yeah. I'm My friends will go through it and then they stand there and they wait for me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I am not taking somebody's job. Yeah, I I just I refuse. I got to pay for this. Yeah. You know, it, one of the mm-hmm. things that I think is unusual about that, in a way, grocery shopping has come f- full circle. Because back in the '40s and the '50s, groceries were delivered. Right. And now we're doing that again on another level. Most of my my groceries are uh, I I go online I, I I pick them out, and then somebody shops them and delivers them for me. Yeah, I, I haven't the, done that this whole pandemic. That is the one thing I I would go out doing my shopping. My my uh, son and his wife they still get everything delivered. They're more than happy to pay the extra money, and they're great tippers. So mm-hmm. the people that shop for them. They get the best of everything because mm-hmm. they know they're great tippers. But I keep telling them, it's like, look, we shop at the same store. Just give yeah. me your give me your list. PayPal, you you see what it's going to cost. Now you can take the ten percent off, plus the tip, and plus everything in the surcharge, and then just PayPal it over to me, and I'll do your food shopping for you. But they're happy with what they're doing. I'm like, rock on. You know, yeah. I, me myself, I just, I, I, 
I much rather go. And even in the height, and it's so funny because I still, I come in, I put on gloves, I get my disinfectant, I wipe everything down, I wash everything, Mm -hmm. and then I put it away. And it's funny because I always washed it when it came out of the cabinet. And I was like, maybe I've been doing this wrong the whole time. And then I still wash it off when I take it out of the cabinet anyway. You know, but I I just, I'm happy to wear my mask. Doesn't matter where I am. And believe me, having driven down to Oklahoma, you walk into some places and they're looking at you like, what is wrong with you? And why are yeah. you wearing a mask? So then I'll just go, <coughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, everybody's moving. It's like, yeah. yeah. That's, why. That, that, that's a nice little trick to get people to back off. Yep. But, um, I don't have a car right now, so you know the oh, delivery well, is, it helps. Pardon? That's different. Not having a yeah. car is different. If I didn't have a yeah. vehicle to be able to shop, yes, I would absolutely be doing, you know, what you're doing. That's that's a completely different animal. Mhm. You know? um, but I did go out and I got my boost. It, it we got almost. Uh, it was like 45, 46 degrees on Tuesday, and I saw that, and that's when I scheduled um, my booster. So <laughs> I, it was uh, Myers was doing it, so I went to Myers, got the booster. There were still uh, there were a lot of people wearing masks, but there were still a lot of people without them, and I'm still wearing a mask. It's, and I never understood what the big hairy deal is, you know, because yeah. I'm showing respect and compassion uh, for others, and you know these same people are having a big hairy cow because I'm showing them respect and compassion. You know, I don't understand I got, it. I got called a sheep. This guy called oh, me I a heard, sheep, and I, I looked at too. him. I looked at him, and I was like, "No shoes, no shirt, no service." Does that make you a sheep mm-hmm. that you're wearing a shirt and a pair of pants and some shoes? It's called the law. Yep. And they have a sign asking you to wear that out of respect for the people who are here risking their lives for idiots mm-hmm. like you who can't put a piece of cloth over their face. Yeah. And it was so funny. The guy actually left. He got really pissed and he stormed out. I was at a, it was a gas station. I was getting a cup of tea. They had a Dunkin' Donuts. I had you know paid for my gas, and there and and after he walked out, the two people working both they were like, "Thank you so much." And the girl at Dunkin' Donuts said, "You know, we've actually been told not to say anything to anybody." And she goes, "And today is actually my last day." She said, "I've been working here because I'm getting married." And I wanted the extra money, and my fiancé was like, I'll get a second job. I am not going to – she said, I had somebody almost try to grab me, but everything is all plexiglass. And he tried to come around the counter. And she was like, it's insane. She said, so thank you so much for saying something. I was like, you know, for somebody to call me a sheep, and like I said, no shoes, no shirt, no service. You know, that does not make me a sheep at all. Teresa, I'm going to let you talk 
because somebody okay. has called in. I want to see who it is, so I've got to go into screening. So okay. Um, well, I I will talk. Uh, put me on the spot. Um, no, like showing compassion for others, and you know, you know, we all wear seatbelts because that's a legislation. And as ch- children, we have you know need to get vaccinations to start school so why is this one different simple it's because a certain you know 45 you know wanted to for whatever reason downplay it and he didn't want it to be used against him so he downplayed it you know he sent out so much information, and his followers are so enthralled that they never questioned. And hmm. the fact that he had to, you know, the CDC had, and, you know, companies had to tell people not to inject themselves with bleach, it, you know, says a whole lot about the people who listen to him. So. Well. You know, it's amazing because the words of the president matter. Yes. And the people that like him, oh, he speaks his mind and and everything else. It's like, yeah, that's all fine, well, and good. But somebody put up a, a video of President Biden right now talking about um, ISIS and the mm-hmm. – the leader that was killed today. Yeah. And then they went to 45 talking about Abu Bababu da da and you know and there was a lot of shooting and I, and then you go back to President Biden who's having this intelligent conversation of what went on and then you go back to 45 and you know what you, you think people knock on a door, you know, come in, come on in. I'm like, what the heck? You know, it, it, I I'll never understand it. So we have Abu on the line who wanted to join in. So should we bring him in? Sure. All right. Let's bring him in. Hello, Abu. You are here with Dory and Teresa. How are you tonight? Hi there, ladies. By the way, I'm not Abu. It's Hotep. Oh, Hotep. I'm sorry. I don't know. You know what? I'm old. I admit it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that the um, big pharmaceuticals are generating profits off this pandemic, and it, I'm not a supporter of Trump nor of the guy that has that radio show, but I do think that it's illogical to conclude that the same pharmaceutical companies and medical industry that allows some people to die, that promotes drugs that are typically uh, – side effect laden, patented, trademarked for profit that didn't care much about the AIDS epidemic and malaria to this day, suddenly cares about humanity. And these are the same professionals who didn't catch COVID-19 in terms of from research and analysis. It just snuck up. It just seems to be a big money grab, not that people aren't dying, but people were dying before from other diseases also. So I kind of make decisions in life based on who is proposing 
if it's a bunch of vampires, then I'm not going to fall for their, you know. So not everyone is a, a nut job that doesn't believe the vaccine industry is looking out for us. At least I don't consider myself a nut job, nor do most people I interact with in my real life. Um, so, yeah, there are other perspectives to the issue. People forget the reason it was COVID-19 They started talking about this in November of 2019. They were talking about a virus that had the potential of becoming a pandemic. That is why it is COVID-19, because it was discovered in 2019. And if you go back to the whole thing with Bob Woodward, and 45, he actually in January, I mean, knew what was going on, but it was going to look bad for him. You know, if you, if that man had actually deferred to the experts, then he'd still be in office. And th- hundreds of thousands of people would still be alive. You know, they're saying that the first death happened on the West Coast early December. Right. And, you know, you know, 45 is talking about how, you know, he's so proud of the fact that he closed the borders and, you know, he, you know people were calling him a, a bigot because of it. By the time he closed those borders, it was already here. And it made absolutely no difference. Was it John um, Hop- Johns Hopkins that just came out with a study saying how the lockdown really wasn't effective? It it did nothing really to um, stop the deaths. And I think so. I think it was Johns Hopkins. And... To me, if the entire country had been locked down, then you'd actually have a real study to look at. Yeah. But it was state by state. And had we as a nation come together and just said, you know, look at what other countries did. You know, Finland and and things like that where – they just just shut everything. It was essential workers, that's it. And nobody left, and it took how many months for everything to open back up? On the flip side of it, sooner or later, we have to just live our life. Yeah. Me, myself, I've been vaccinated. I've been boosted. I've been exposed now seven times. I've yet to get it. And I've been tested. I was traveling, so I got tested because I was going to be in a car with people and stuff like that. I now have my, you know, I have government-issued rapid tests and stuff because if I am going to be around people that I'm not usually around, I want to be safe for them. Some people are just going to have immunities to it, but sooner or later, you know, we can't. I don't mind wearing a mask. I really don't. I don't Me either. 
caller, are you still there? Uh, yes, definitely. Okay. Um, are you totally anti-vax? Oh, no, definitely not. In fact, the term anti-vax was preposterous when it was indicated in the media because anyone in their right mind has to know about the bubonic plague and the Spanish flu, etc. Right, so, right, right. I mean, it, the, the two sides are very divided. I'm very in the middle. Democrat, Republican, I'm in the middle. Um, abortion, anti-abortion, I'm in the middle. So some of us don't see things as Democratic, Republican, black, white in terms of politics. And most of my colleagues that are Republican are very supportive of Trump and anything he says. And my friends that are Democratic are very supportive of Biden. And I think most of them are Trumps. Both of the presidents lack real cognitive abilities, even though Trump was more abrasive and entertaining and racist and sexist and all those things, he had a bit more life. Biden is lifeless and seems to be spineless, and it seems like our world is led by clowns. So I'm not supportive. I, you know, I, it's both funny. Of them I, I, do not, I do not agree with you that Biden is spineless. I really I, believe, I, I don't agree. I believe that oh, I'm he sure came you in that yeah. first year. No, no, no. Let me explain why. He came in with 46 years of experience in the Senate and really felt that he could work across party lines like he had done his entire career and said from the start that he didn't want to govern just by executive order. He wanted to work together. It's why even with his Build Back Better program that he worked and put together a Republican and Democratic committee to come to terms with what they would work with, what they would agree with, so they had a bipartisan agreement, and then they voted against it anyway. This second year in office, I feel like he's not going to take any more crap. I think that he really wanted to let the government work the way it was supposed to for the good of the American people. I don't know how old you are. How old are you? Caller? Are you going to answer? Are you there? Uh-oh. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if you dropped out. You oh, know, okay. But, you know, let's no, there was the just a slight drop. I moved from one room to the next. Sorry. Oh, I, I asked how old you are. Almost 60. Oh, okay. I'm 61. I'm 63. Oh, me by a few months. Okay. <laughs> We've grown up in a time where no matter who was in office, the, other, the parties worked together for the good of the American people. It is only in this, these recent years when McConnell became Speaker of the House and just was bound to determine no matter what President Obama wanted to do, he was going to stop it. That has led to this chain reaction. But I do not think at all that Biden has cognitive difficulties, that he is spineless. He knows exactly what he's doing. It is why he was able to come into office. You forget when he was vice president, that was when H1N1 which was the beginning yeah. of this whole thing with COVID. And Trump was tweeting 
how Obama should be impeached because 14,000 people died through, through, through H1N1. But they put together the pandemic playbook. They put together the whole entire chain. Now, 45 threw that out, but Biden still had all the information. It was why from his first day in office, he was able to implement everything that he implemented as far as rollout with the vaccinations and everything else. And even right now, it is mind-boggling to me that when you look at hospitalizations and people that are in intensive care and everything else, 90-something percent of them are unvaccinated. People, you know, I, I, somebody said to me, well, you know, a vaccination is supposed to stop you from getting something. It's like, no, a vaccination is supposed to be a, help your body fight. This isn't a normal vaccination. This is actually gene therapy giving you the ability to, if you get this, more than likely it's going to be a cold. It's going to be a flu. The friends that I have, and a lot of them have had it, that every one of them has been vaccinated. They got sick for a week or two. A couple of them were a few days. You know, the friends of mine that weren't vaccinated, you know, I mean, my father died from this back in May of 2020. And that's the sad part to me that, you know, we're in February of 2022, and people are still losing their moms and dads. And their yep. aunts and uncles. And and now the younger people, you know, because now you have 45 coming out going, now you're playing into Democrats' hands by not getting vaccinated. And his fan base is booing him off the stage because of it. Had he started that from the beginning? I mean, let's face it. He's the one. Operation Warp Speed, blah, blah, blah. In Instead of making sure from November till he left office that people were out there getting vaccinated, he was out there complaining that, you know, the election was taken from him. The words of the president will always matter. But I, like I said, I don't agree with you that, that Biden is weak and cognitively impaired. I, I don't. I don't know why you would Biden, say that. Biden has a, um, he's a stutterer. Exactly, and he's he's yeah had it. It's a lifelong challenge. He stutters, and that doesn't mean that he has a lower intelligence. And I'm not saying that just because I'm also a stutterer. But you know, it's it's a proven record that people who stutter usually have a higher IQ. Yeah, by the way, my point wasn't based on his stuttering at all. I have family members. In fact, one of my best friends uh, stutters often. I spoke to him yesterday. Stuttering isn't an indication that the person has you, a lack of abilities. Why do you I say he that has a lower because, IQ? Well, he doesn't seem to be uh, able to lead the nation properly. He doesn't why? stand up when he sh- – well, because he's he's weak. Why do you say that? For, Democratic presidents tend to be more weak, and it's a bad thing. Republican presidents tend to be strong, and it's a bad thing. It's a good cop, bad cop. Nixon and Reagan and these chumps come in, talk tough on crime, talk tough on borders, 
the other group come in and claim they're going to show love to women and blacks and Native Indians, and for many of the groups, nothing really changes. Obama was one of the more, from what I saw, um, cognitively able ones, and he was a disappointment. Um, now, some groups are going to get their way in, in our present system, but we have a planet that is in... But this is a de- democracy. One person, you know, the president is an elected official. They are not a king. They can, you know, the president cannot wave a wand and his word becomes law. He, it's not possible for them to do edicts. We are a, a nation of laws and a, a nation of legislation and a nation of process. The president is one person. The only reason Trump was able to do as much damage because the Republicans backed him up. If they hadn't backed him up, he couldn't have done the damage that he did. They rolled over for him. They didn't even back him up. Oh, yeah. When he released the 50 drones without anyone even knowing, no one knowing. I mean, Congress, that is something, you know, there are three legislators. That was illegal as hell. That was illegal as hell. Exactly, but each one of the legislative branches has their the equal amount of power. That's why the founding fathers did that. So no one branch could control everything. When he did that without congressional approval, without the, you know, Secretary of Defense even knowing, that was the time that they should have sat him down and said, you will never do this again. This is how this goes, blah, 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 blah. And instead, they just, uh, Nancy Pelosi was screaming bloody murder, but it didn't matter. We had a Republican Senate. So it was immaterial, whatever Pelosi said. The Senate just let him do whatever he wanted, and they created what they created. And now, the fact that now... They are calling what happened on January 6th, you know, it's insanity to me that we literally watched our capital be stormed, that people mm-hmm. broke in. They weren't invited in. They climbed through windows. They broke down doors. It's unbelievable to me. And I'm sorry, I think every one of them should be going to jail for decades, not months, not a couple of years. You tried to overthrow the government, yeah. You know, and 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 you have a agree. whole. But pardon me. I don't agree with your conclusion. We support uprisings around. Now, I don't agree with what they did at all. I think it was terrible. However, the American way is to take over, to have puppet regimes, to cause revolutions to have assassinations. So those nut jobs were just living the American dream. I don't think Whoa, we can, I don't think we can no, ethically no, no, use no, no, the no, U.S. No, Constitution no, 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 no. to justify. I take with that. Peaceful protests uh, are the right in this country. You have the right to protest when you break down doors and go in armed with whatever you have gone on with. They 
strung up gallows to try to hang Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi. That is not the American way. This is not the Revolutionary War. This is not the Civil War. This is a group of people that were incited by the president because he can't admit that he lost an election and then sat there watching as they stormed the Capitol to say that this is the American way. Shame on you. I'm sorry. I have a huge problem with that. That is not the, that Americans don't break into the state capitol trying to overturn an election, a rightful election. The fact that they were just waiting for the right time. This is America. I'm not surprised, shocked, disappointed, but not surprised. And it's not a shame on me to speak frankly and candidly what my experience is. And it's a part I'm of sorry, why I'm a dialogue. mom. I'm a yeah, mom. But still, I, I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm a father, and our whole world well, is then, messed up America and the rest of the world. I, I'm they, sorry. The fact that, that was you an insurrection, it was not. It was an insurrection. Right. It was not a group of tourists, you know, taking pictures. I'm sorry. It was a couple of million women our, our marched government and our on way of Washington. Life. Women marched on Washington. Women marched all around this country. There was not one arrest. There was not one gun. There was nothing but peaceful protest. You want to protest in this country, you've got every right to peacefully protest. But when you storm the governor's mansion in Michigan with freaking machine guns and automatic weapons. And the president of the United States says, well, you know, until the, you know, they're upset, you got to open up the state. How do you not condemn these people? How do you not say that? Because I'm sorry. If those were a bunch of black men that stormed with automatic weapons, they'd have been dead. They would have been lynched on the lawn. Are you? No, they wouldn't have been lynched. The police would have opened up fire on all of them. Same thing. Yes, and that's all. Into the Capitol. I'm that's, sorry. There that's is what I meant by this divide. is the American way. Native Indians and most black people and females for a long time have been treated like trash. Now that some of those groups are getting some rights, certain Anglo men and certain very religious uh black republicans are up in arms america is simply seeing what it had built from the founding fathers to today this is a natural progression it's a capitalist system a republic most of the founding fathers had slaves women couldn't vote etc and now we see the fruits of the tree it's not surprising to people like me it is disappointing because we would think that the nation would have a sit down and work out some of the issues rationally Look at what You're, we do around the world. Look at what but China the white does. Supremacists We're all are not polluting and destroying people. the planet. The white supremacists are not rational people. That's no, right. And they, no, they don't run America. No, no, Things I said no is America, did. both sides. They, no, they don't. Things are changing. And that is why the white supremacists are in up in arms, because they are trying to hold on to power. 
and they yeah, can't. Definitely. The world has changed, and they want to they want to live in the past. I personally, you know, if they want to live in the past, great. Go back to whatever age, whether it be Civil War or 1950s, you want to live in, and give up every advancement from that point forward. You know, you know everything from electricity to your cell phones to your their you know beloved Fox News, because there was no cable in 1950s. You know, if they want to live live in the past, great. Give up everything that, you know, was created after the point you want to live in. But, you know, the, yeah, things are changing. And that's why the white supremacists are, are getting so active, because they think they can bully themselves back into power. And that's simply not going to happen. People have lear- learned from the Nazis uh, in, you know, World War Two. People, you know, laughed at them and thought they would go away, and then they were cowering when the bullies, uh, you know, started taking over. We learn from them, and we are standing up to the bullies. Well, don't forget, though, Hitler. Hitler actually studied what the Americans did to the Native Americans. Yes. He actually studied that as he was putting together the ghettos. Now, he obviously took it these steps farther than hurting Jews into, you know, I mean, so, you know, but he used that as the basis of, of how he was able to segregate the Jews. So, you know, the United States, in that sense, I agree with you. And, you know, our history, we were founded by men who were flawed. We yeah. were founded by men that grew up owning slaves. And when the Revolutionary War happened, General Washington, when he became president, had the ability right then and there to end slavery. And he didn't. Yep. Yes, in his will, he gave his wife, you know, please free our slaves, but he didn't. You know, so the American ideal and the American experiment yes, was created by men with flaws. But there were also men, you know, you look at Alexander Hamilton, you even look at Aaron Burr. They were both abolitionists. They were both fighting for women's rights. Back in the 1800, you know, there were men out there that were trying to fight for equal rights for people. You know, so there has always been this tug of war that has gone on. However, when you look, when people talk about the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms, our founding fathers were at a time where it took you 45 seconds to load your musket and you had to see the whites of their eyes. Mm-hmm. And nobody finishes the rest of the Second Amendment. And it was to be able to raise a militia if the government became too large. However, you flash forward to now, these aren't muskets. These are people building pipe bombs and, and using bump stocks 
and everything to take a rifle and modify it. I grew up on a farm. Our shotgun rack was right there. The bullets were on top. And my grandfather always said, you need more than two bullets to take down a deer. You don't deserve to eat. You know, I I was raised very differently about guns. You know, they weren't there, you know, to, for me, you, nobody needs an Uzi to go deer hunting. Nobody needs a gun that's going to fire 150 bullets in 15 seconds. Yep. Unless you're in the military. And and the argument I have with friends of mine who've been in the military, well, I served. I have the right to my guns. It's like, yeah, you got your right to your automatic and you got your right to your shotgun. You want to get the right to your, you know, semi-automatic and, and your, you know, your military weaponry go back into service. But no, that's not something you should just have in your house. I mean, when is this country going to learn this? You know, we have people fighting about their kids wearing a piece of cloth over their face if they fought hard enough to keep guns out of their kids' schools as they have fought to try to let them get sick, we'd be living in a different world. You know, we go we live in a world right now that our children have active shooter drills in school. And our five year olds are learning the difference between quiet and silence. No child should have to learn this. By the way, this has been going on in the hood, the black hood, the Latino hood, and many Native Indian uh, reservations, this type of depression and violence and pain for a long time. So America, from what I can see, is not... What was done to Native Americans is is criminal. And, you know... Let me tell you why I'm saying that so that you can respond because maybe you won't or you'll agree. For some people in America and some communities, what you are describing is what they have experienced, police brutality, joblessness. In fact, some people have been unemployed so long, they're not even considered unemployed. They're the underemployed. There are black women disappearing that don't make the news. There are Native Indians that are killing themselves so depressed and stressed out. America isn't really caring about that. And America cares is when the majority are feeling the pain. And that pain can't be solved by the Democratic or Republican Party because both of them are, from what I see, two sides of the same coin, not the voters, but the leadership. One group gives a few crumpets to the masses, and the other group take it back. And this is this goes on every four years. It's it's, uh, it's a game. No, it's not a game. And as for nobody caring, we care. And as for you know, I am a Caucasian. You know, most of my ancestry comes from Europe, and a quarter from a handsome passing stranger. I was sexually assaulted by two Grand Traverse deputies. So before you go there, you need to you know, to check yourself. You know, yes, there's a lot. By the way, when someone says no one cares, they're not meaning 100%. It's just a phrase. Obviously, 
some of us online care, so it's not a personal yeah. attack on you all. I'm talking about the nation itself, not every single person. The Democrats are the ones who are fighting for the clean water, the you know, civil rights, for voting rights. They're the ones who are fighting to make sure that you know, we get equality. They are the ones who are fighting for our environment and for women and for the LBGQ community. They are the ones who are fighting for Native Americans. They are, are the ones who are fighting for blacks' rights. We are, you know, we are, I actually haven't officially joined yet, but they are the ones who are making the difference and bringing the equality. They, you know, the Democrats of today cannot fix what happened in the past. But they are the ones who are fighting to bring out the truth so that we can learn from the past so we don't have to have to relive it. You know, it's the Republicans who are trying to whitewash history. Exactly. You know, uh, you know what, oh, what's the current term um, about, you know. What, the critical race theory? And yeah, the critical race books, theory. I mean, we are living in a world right now where one half of our political system is literally trying to squash the life out of people. Yeah. Trying to make, move lines to make sure that your vote doesn't count. And I, what is giving me hope is the fact that the courts in these states are denying these redistricting, even though these judges were reported um, appointed by Republicans. Yes. It's not just Democratic judges that, you know, I, I'm sorry. This is a constitutional right to vote. Every citizen in this country, my children's ancestors came over on the Mayflower. And their great, 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 great grandfather signed the Constitution. They settled in the North. They fought against slavery. They fought against a lot of things. And died for our right to vote. Now, not my ancestors. My ancestors, I'm Italian, Spanish, Polish, from Puerto Rican. We all came over. You know, all my ancestors came through Ellis Island. You know, but on my children's father's side, you know, my daughter is a daughter of the American Revolution, and I talked to her about it, and she's like, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. And I said to her, you know, at least you can stand on the shoulders of your family that fought against people taking the rights from other people. Your ancestors tried to give people a voice long before other people wanted to hear their voice. Mm -hmm. You know, so there have always been people in this country from the start that fought against people being segregated, that fought against people being denied their rights. So the problem and, these and days continues on. The problem these days, things aren't getting done as fast as people would like. 
because there is, yeah, we do, ha- you know, technically have all three, three, you know, the House, the Senate, and the presidency, but the margins are so narrow. I mean, 50-50 in the Senate, you, you know, for most things, you can't get anything done because to, in order to get things, in, you know, get something passed, you need 60 votes. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry. But the filibuster needs to be done. That needs oh. to be, you know, that is not constitutional. That is something that got put in when they were trying to end segregation. Yeah. I love history. I love history. Oh, me too. And people don't realize that filibuster got put in as they were trying to end segregation. So they put that in to try to keep people where they felt they were supposed to be kept. So as far as that goes, I think that should be taken care of. And I don't care if President Biden does it by executive order. Because there comes a time that the president is granted that order for a reason. And he's been reasonable. He's tried to work with people. But sooner or later, they have to realize that he's not going to take their shit. That he is actually trying to do stuff for everyone, not just for the people who voted for him. And that's where, to me, the Republicans, they have some kind of Svengali-like thing going on because I can't understand how people are voting for the people who vote against policies that are actually going to help them. That was like well, mentioned that he was going to get rid of Obamacare. That was my favorite. And they yeah. couldn't wait to get rid of Obamacare until they found out it was the Affordable Health Care Act. And it was like, well, wait a minute. You mean if you get rid of this, I'm going to lose my insurance? What about the Affordable Health Care Act? And it's like, that's Obamacare. That's what they called it, so you would hate it. As opposed to them staying with the Affordable Health Care Act. It's like the whole idea of the defunding the police. The Republicans ran with that statement, and it was the worst choice of words they could have ever said. Because it's not talking about defunding the police. It's talking about reappropriating those funds. So when a police officer goes out on a domestic violence call, he's got a social worker with him who will know how to de-escalate a situation as opposed to a cop who's showing up with a gun and is just going to escalate more violence. That is what that was all about. So that's one of the things right now that they're trying to figure out how to get rid of that term that was said once, but man, the Republicans jumped on that and rode that thing like Seattle flew. Yeah. One of the things I don't understand is how Joe Manchin keeps getting uh, elected uh, because he's you know what he, you know he supports the coal in- industry. It's it's an and amazing thing to me that he keeps he and um, I, I can't I'm not going to pronounce her name correctly. Simowin. Uh, the two oh. of them, the two of them are so popular with Republicans, it's insane. Yeah. To where you even wonder, it's like, are you guys really closet Republicans 
who are fighting against actually doing things for the American people? Yeah. You know? Well, the thing of it is the Build Back Better plan, you know, it would help the people in his state the most because it would get them yeah, new. Would. Um, it, yeah, it would. First off, it would help, you know, the people who already have black lung. Yeah, and it would help, you know, you know, get, you know, heal them and get them better, you know, you know, programs. But it would also train, get them the training they need to get them out of the mines into safer, healthier jobs that pay better. And he voted against it. He, you know, he votes against what's better for you know for the people of his state and he votes for his own pocketbook because he's connected to the coal industry i personally would like to see you know see him primaried <laughs> and um primaried as, as an independent um somebody who is more middle of the road that would you know, appeal to both republicans and democrats because as you know, if if he was, the thing of it is, if he's pr- openly primaried, he would switch parties. But if he switched parties, he's slitting his own throat because there's not a Republican in the state that would vote for him. Oh, I don't think you're right. I think the Republicans would jump all over voting for that guy. I he's, think that they would jump all over. I think they'd be voting for him whether he stayed Democrat or Republican. I bet you he will get more Republican votes than he will Democrats because he's not extreme enough. He's not extreme enough. The coal union, all of them, they've all, you know, petitioned him saying, we want you to support this, you know, and it's, it's crazy to me because, again, you know, the the way people kind of get brainwashed into voting the same people in office mm-hmm. that are keeping them in a place where they can't survive. You know, people talk about welfare, and every time I hear people talk about welfare and the minorities and this and that, the majority of people who get welfare and public assistance in the United States are white. Yep. In those middle states that are all red states, there's the highest amount of public assistance there is. And these are the same Republicans that are voting to cut all these programs. Mm-hmm. And, and they go to vote for them. You know, my favorite but, is how they're, you know, when 45 is talking about the economy and how, you know, Wall Street and, you know, there's somebody there's in Kentucky in their tar paper shack. The economy's doing great. It's like, yeah, how's your investments going? What? You, I, I don't get it. I'm serious. This is where well, I the thing of it is, too, the Democrats focus on getting people the education they need for the jobs of the future. And the present. Mm-hmm. And the Republic, Republicans, you know, want to, are, are all about cutting the education. And somebody needs to clue them in. A computer is way more expensive than a number two pencil. 
<laughs> and when he nom uh he put um oh god what was her name she, yeah, she's actually from Michigan um what, into Betsy DeVos? Uh, yeah that bubble headed uh, the Amway heiress yeah Unbelievable. Uh, the one who has who's got all those private schools that she was trying to fund through the government unbelievable we to, we told everybody what it what a horrible person she is, and you know. Hey, New Yorkers warned the government over forty five. Yeah. All right. How many people? You know, I just think back to when the primaries were going on, and here we all are. We're watching these things. My cousin and I was out in Vegas, and we're like, "How is this guy still even on the?" Age. Yeah. I just don't get it. And then you had that other group of people. You know, I have a lot of Republican friends who voted for him the first time. They, you know, they were voting for the experiment that we got to drain the swamp. We got to get politics out of politics, blah, 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 blah. The only people that I know that voted for him the second time around were old white guys over the age of 60. Uh-huh. That was pretty much it. That I know a lot of black guys that voted um, for Trump. Young really? and old. Yeah. You they know, do it sometimes in secret because the black community is very democratic. But there's a... In my circle of um, male friends, the ones that are called black, I think about 30% of them voted for Trump. And I just wow. discovered over the past uh, two months, usually they do, one group votes for him because of their Christian foundation that they think he is, you know, <laughs> the perfect. Uh, <laughs> that's oh, my, oh, my God. Who has five children from three different women. Yeah, but he talks a good game, and politics, you know, is about talking a um, good it's game. It's not what you say, it's what you do. Okay, do we remember when Ronald Reagan ran for president and the moral majority was up in arms yeah. that a divorced man was running for president? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He talked a good game. He was an actor. You know. you know what? He talked a great game. He already had Alzheimer's, and he's the reason we have Fox News and all yeah. these other – because he is the one – who in 1980, the FCC, before Ronald Reagan was president, if you put something on the news, you had to have it verified by three sources. If you actively put something on the news that was false, you lost your license. You could go to jail. Reagan is the one who took away that FCC ruling. And when Rupert Murdoch got sued two or three years ago about a story on Fox News, they went in and talked about, we're not a news station. We're an entertainment station. Exactly. And that's how they got off. Meanwhile, they call themselves Fox News. They know what they are putting out. I mean, look at, look at the texts. Hannity and, and Laura Ingram texting the president Carlson. going, you've got to get this stopped. You know, you've got to you've got to get on TV and and tell them to stop and go home, and then get on TV. 
oh, this peaceful people that, you know, the Democrats are trying to make this big thing out of. It's unbelievable to me that they get on TV and talk about being anti-vaccination. Every one of them is vaccinated because Rupert Murdoch told them, get vaccinated or lose your job. Take your pick. So, ladies, why didn't the Democratic leaders at any point since Reagan change that to make sure that the FCC had to, to, um, you know, enforce and that the media had to get back in line? Because we've had a lot of Republicans that are very happy with the fact that that is in place. Unfortunately, you know, because let's face it, it's not like it, in 1980, all of a sudden, the news flipped like that. That didn't happen. That was a, There's a slow burn. It took decades for all of a sudden. Fox News hasn't been on the air that long. And when Fox News first started, it was a reputable news company. No, I There's mean, the Democrat news. had the House and could have there made is the an change. Old saying. The president could have done an executive order. The Democratic leadership and Republican remind me of Jehovah's Witnesses and Scientology. Ah. <laughs> there's, a, there's an old saying. You know, if you put a, a frog in a boiling pot of water, it will jump out. But if you put it in cool water and slowly heat, you know, heat it up, it will uh, slowly boil, boil to death. Yep. And, it, you, know, it, you know, you didn't get Fox News overnight. It right. was a slow heat up. And these days, if they, you know, I firmly believe that if they told the truth, they would burst into flames. You know what? It's so frightening because, let's face it, 45 came in. He was right out of the dictator's handbook. The yeah. dictator's handbook, you discredit the news and anyone speaking against you as the enemy of the people. They're liars. You pick a group of people to let them focus all their anger on. So at that point, it was the immigrants trying to come over, and that was why, you know, everything was bad. It's an amazing thing to me that it is right out of the dictator handbook. And when two weeks ago, President Biden said with Peter Ducey, when he asked him about the economy, and he was like, dumb son of a bitch, and the mic was on, and I mean, you know, how dare he? He should be impeached over that. I'm like, are you serious? And what did Biden do? He called Peter Ducey personally and said to him, and you know, when, man, I, you know, things happen. I, I, that shouldn't have happened over the, you know, over a hot mic, but, you know, things happen. And when they were criticizing him on Fox News, Peter Ducey actually said, you know what? He called and apologized to me. So, Sorry. Then you go back to news clips of watching 40, get out, you're an idiot, shut up, this is fake news, you're the enemy of the people. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not somebody who watches the news. You know me. I actually will go to YouTube and pull up the full news conference. I'll pull up the full rally. I'll sit and watch Jen Psaki for an hour and 25 minutes. And I did the same thing with Sarah Huckabee. I did the same thing with Sean Spicer. I did the same thing with uh, Mackinac. I watched their entire press conferences. And when a headline came out about 45, I went back to the rally and watched it from beginning to end without anybody interrupting me or anything else so I could 
actually hear what happened. And I would just sit there like, I can't believe this is going on. Yeah. And now I sit and I listen to Jen Psaki, and I, I love her. I love her. I love how she handles the press who are trying to, you know, get her to argue with them. And they'll put in a quote, and she'll go, well, let's go back to the whole quote so people have the context of what we're talking about. And she'll start at the top and go through what was said, and then this is what they pulled out. And she'll finish the sentence and then go, now, what are you asking and why? You know? So I think she has been brilliant in dealing with the press. And well, the fact there is no drama. I I was so ready for some boring. Um, the you know the <laughs> the circus atmosphere was exhausting because you woke up every you know, every morning and wondering what yeah extreme lunacy was going to happen gonna... that day. You know what? You're right. You're. I, I, I swear. You know, since since January twentieth of of twenty twenty one, I haven't woken up one morning wondering what stupid thing President Biden had to say. Exactly. And he may not be doing things as fast as I'd like to see it, but he's trying to do it with. And everyone's support. He's trying to do it as a president of the United States. He is trying to unite the United States. Never in our lifetime have we been red and blue states until Donald Trump. All of a sudden we became red and blue. Yeah. And that's why in the beginning of the pandemic he didn't do anything because it was, quote, unquote, hitting the blue states. So they just were happy to let it go. And it wasn't until it started. It's the same thing now with him telling people to get vaccinated. He's realizing that it's his voting base that are dying. Yeah. It's his voting base that's dying. You know, and now, so now he's out there trying to do something about it. You know, we are getting ready. We only have uh, six minutes left. Of okay. The show. So, I just want. I want to. I want to. Right now, I want to. Um, there is a radical difference that between the two parties. Last yeah. year, about this time, the Texas had a horrendous cold snap, and their electric grid went down yeah. because it was been ill maintained. For decades, Ted Cruz took his family and went to Mexico. Yeah. Republicans from different states started raising money and started, you know, getting help for the people who did not have power, who did not have water, who did not have food. You mean the Democrats? The Democrats did. Yeah, you said Republicans. The Republicans it was the Democrats. Yeah, out okay. there raising um, money. The Republicans right. were blaming it on the you know the green energy. Yep. In Texas, there there the amount of energy, 
even if they lost all of their green energy, it was like 3 or 4%. It would have done nothing. But the fact that their electric grid wasn't weatherized, mm-hmm. it took the whole system went down, and it was down for weeks. Cruz went to Mexico. Yep. ACOA started raising money in her state to send to Texas. Because people, were, you know, were getting these electric bills, you know, as it started going up, that were thousands of dollars. You know, they were being price gouged when they did get their electric back. The difference is, is that the Republicans only care about themselves. Democrats care enough, even if it doesn't affect them. That's right. That's the difference. Um- by the way, that's the reason why the Republicans will win in the long haul, because even though I think the Democrat leaders are more empathetic and are typically more rational, they're more passive also. The Republicans will lie, steal, and still drive a car into you if you pick it. That violence and aggression will not be defeated, unfortunately, with um, passive uh, intellectual dialogue and in the long run I don't see how the nation can be saved from the right wingers because <laughs> they're wrong and they'll hit us over the head so that's where um, I would support but Democrats but, but, but the yeah. laws are working against them and they are being held accountable Just they like, are being um, held accountable and you know what the Democrats are realizing they are going to have to fight fire with fire. They are going to mount those ads that remind people, the people that they are running against, voted against what was going to help them. They are going to call them out because they've realized exactly what you just said, that being intellectual and trying to rise above Above it and everything else, that's why Biden said, you know, it is a dumb son of a bitch. That's why he said it, you know, was man enough to apologize, but he said it because he said it because it's true. And I really do think that they are realizing that this is the only way because America is depending on it. We as Americans are depending on the Democrats not only keeping the Senate, but taking charge of the Senate. You know, as Americans, if we want to see the things that Biden is implementing in this country and seeing our roads and seeing, you know, our rail service and Internet and, you know, high-speed Internet going nationwide – No one in this country should be worried about turning on their tap water and not being able to drink it. This is the United States of friggin' America. Yeah. We are not a third world nation. And no one in the world should have to worry about that. But I'm going to stick in my country right now. You know, I happen to live in a state where I can turn my water on and I'm happy. But Mm -hmm. it pains me that other people can't. Yeah. Yes. And so I will fight... For those other people. It's why I've done what I've done all the years that I've done it. 
It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with me. I can be really happy. Yeah. Loving on my grandchildren, having my radio show, and keeping my nose clean. But you know yeah. what? I can't. I can't sit back as, anymore. As others suffer. I've done my constitutional duty since I'm 18 years old. I've never missed an election. And I'm talking from, you know, mayor on the way up, all the way up. I have done my duty. But now it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's more important to raise awareness. It's more important to peacefully... Get your point across. I will never lift a gun or any kind of an arm unless I'm defending my grandchildren or my kids. You know, but am I going to storm the nation's capital? No. Will I peacefully protest outside of it if I need to? Without a doubt. Will I march up to the governor's steps? Absolutely. You know, if I feel that, that something needs to be said... You know, yeah, I will. But it is time that we as Americans remember that our elected officials were elected to temp jobs. And we get to fire them when they are not doing what is best for the United States. Yes. And it is time. It is time to actually make your vote matter. If this past election has not shown us as you know anything, you know, every vote matters. And we in this country can change the course of what is going on. We can change it for the good or we can change it for the bad. Agreed. And I have to believe, I just have to believe that the good will prevail because good people can get really down and dirty we can we don't want to but trust me we can it's like people i can't believe you're from new york you don't sound like you're from new york i'm like yeah piss me off and you'll (laughs) see how fast my bronx will come flying out of my mouth you know Mm -hmm. it's hysterical I try very hard to be respectful and kind and, you know, but I am a mom. And I will say shame on you. And I'm sorry that I said shame on you. But still, I'm a mom. It it, it just happens. But I want to thank you for calling in. We do this once or twice a month. Come back. You know, we never know what we're going to talk about. We never even got to talk about the Olympics. We'll have to talk about it next time. You know, so we are going to close out. With our fabulous theme song, we're actually running over right now. But, Teresa, do you have anything you want to say before we say goodbye? Um, Thank you for calling in, and I will see you next time. Awesome. Would you like to say anything? Yeah. For me, I think our planet itself is in trouble, not just America. And unless we come together uh, it's going to be destroyed. It's almost too late right now. So hopefully we can come together and stop the pollution and all the terrible things we're doing to the planet and to the third world. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So mm-hmm. And nuclear weapons. You know, hopefully yeah. 
hopefully at this point we are aware enough that we realize that this is a global, we lived through a global pandemic. It cannot be America first. We're not the only country on this planet. We have to work together. So with that being said, this is Dory DiCarlo. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, go out and create a marvelous you. Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true.